Welcome to Padmuchun, Armenian History Podcast. Hariyagak Padmuchun, Hayots Padmuchiana Podcast. Okay, welcome to another Padmuchun. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. I'm Peter Hajinian, and I'm here with my friend. Father Tadios Barserian. I'm here with my friend. Peter, Peter Hajinian. <laughs> and he's here with his friend. <laughs> And we're both here with some legends and myths of Armenia. Yes. This is a, Yeah, this is going to be a fun, uh, fun talk. Everybody likes myth, mythology. You know, those stories of things legends that... Legends. Legends, yeah. Powerful, Not true. Peaks, yeah. None of them are true. None of them are true, <laughs> but they're always... They're so interesting to tell. Inspiring, though. Inspiring. Uh, and if you listen to the podcast, you know we did an episode on Uartu, mm-hmm. Kingdom of Uartu. So we thought it might be a good place to start would be with the Uartu gods, the, the pantheon of Uartu. Mm-hmm. So part of these legends and stories are about these ancient uh, goddesses or gods, or some of them they were semi demigods. Yeah. Or, yeah, people who were so legendary that they sort of yeah. became... They sound like they might be gods. Yeah. So the idea of God was different, I think. Yes. In uh, in pagan times then. Yeah. So somebody powerful could easily be a... Do you have, do you have power? Do you, yeah. Are you strong? Oh, you can be, you, you can be a god. You can be a good... Yes, you're a good candidate to be a... <laughs> to be a <laughs> well, it costs so much money to carve your name into rock that they were probably like... Make sure you put in there that I'm a god too while yeah, you're at it. There was a lot of promotion. <laughs> Pro- right, big promoters. You have to pay for, for public relation. Um, but I, uh, the the first I think formation of this pagan pantheon, the first one was Roman Urartian times, right? Yeah. There were three important uh, legends and, and gods and myths of, of that time, right? Yeah, yeah. They're 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 probably older gods, but like Moses Coronazzi says. All that sort of was lost when the when the singers, the Gusans, stopped mm-hmm. singing the songs, and when a lot of the temples and whatnot were destroyed. But that was yeah long time ago. Do you know this... why they stopped singing the songs? And why? <laughs> they were singing at night, and somebody <laughs> said, "Stop singing the song! Stop it! <laughs> I gotta get up <laughs> early." Stopped. And they stopped. <laughs> I have to work. We gotta work. We can't just party all the time like when life's one big Gusan fest. <laughs> we heard that song. <laughs> Enough. Enough. So they stop. <laughs> so we don't know anything. <laughs> we don't know. We but, do. Okay, so we're, you are too. That's where we're at? You are. Okay. I'm sorry I got us off track. Uh, the three gods of you are too, the main head of their pantheon. At the top was Khaldi, the god of war, right? Mm-hmm. That's because that's the only thing they would do. They would go right. to war. Yeah. They had no life. There was yeah. war with, and, and mainly with the Syrians. There was nobody, nobody else around. So. Always, going to, always going to war. So, of course, your, your, your head god would be a war god. Mm-hmm. He was also, he created the world and he did some other sort of stuff. Yeah, but, creator, kind of. Uh, yeah. So, he was the main, main guy in that. And then there was uh, Tashiba. Tashiba, the weather god. Mm-hmm. And this, everyone should look this up because there's about eight or nine different spellings of Tashiba mm-hmm. or Toshiba. And, yeah, the company later that, that <laughs> we know, that 
was they, originally. He went from being the weather god to the one to, of the uh, to washing, washing machines, <laughs> makes TVs, probably toasters, <laughs> and and uh, and then Shivini, the fire god, is the yeah. third god. Actually, it was Taishiba. I heard the spellings of Taishiba. Taishiba. But Khaldi was, I think, the main the main god and. Um, and, and his temple was the highest in the city, and his temple was the main in the city. There are a lot of stories how he created everything, how he helped and protected the Urartian, Urartian uh, kingdom. Uh, and, and sometimes some of the interpretations, his name Khaldi is, is introduced as Chai and Hai, and D means God, so Hai and God of Armenian people, God of Armenians. So there is that connection of Urartians being... Armenians as well, so he was an impor- important figure, uh, I think, in that in that area in that time. But Khaldi is a unique name; he doesn't appear in any other yeah uh, in any other name. There were all these so-called gods; they were very similar to Mesopotamian and Babylonian mm-hmm. gods. Yeah, but the names are different. Yeah, names are different, but they're similar in the fact that they're not they're not a personality. This isn't a personable god. This is sort of represents a force of nature like mm-hmm. fire or weather right, you know right. to sh- the you needed a god that was the god of weather because you need your crops to come up every year mm-hmm. so of course you want somebody to try and appease or mm-hmm. you know do that and then Haldi the war god you know this is this is just kind of the spirit of we need somebody to fire us up we need to get really excited to go into battle because as we learned on the UR2 kingdom podcast the three things that a UR2 king has to do when they become king. You plant a garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you build, build a temple. It. Right? And then the third one? You go to war. Go to war. <laughs> <laughs> go to war. <laughs> and never come back from that war. Never come, yeah. Anyway, but I think later comes uh, Mopses Hore Nazi. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and, and very often... Uh, there is that notion that kind of with Christianization of Armenia, all these stories, all these legends, they were lost and they were gone. But interestingly enough, all these stories were preserved by Moses Horenas, by an Armenian monk, right. Right? by an Armenian uh, bishop, an Armenian monk. So he preserved all these stories and he wrote down about all these legends and, and, and because his idea was that to come to write a complete history of Armenian people, and all these legends are part of Armenian people, part of formation yeah. of Armenian people. Yeah. And what? So let's talk about some of the the people he wrote about. Uh, let's start with Tork. Torkan Dorkangeh. Torkangeh, because he's. I think he's. Uh, this is a very. Uh, some of these gods and goddesses, you can say, this is like the Armenian version of Zeus. I don't think there's any other version of Torque in, in any other uh, mythology that I've heard of. Yeah, Torque is one of those Dema, Dema gods, kind yeah. of very similar to Hike. Yeah. You know, Hike is this legendary figure, and Torque was this legendary figure too. Yeah. Uh, that he was very powerful, he was really strong. He would go up to the mountain and get a huge rock from the mountain and throw on the enemies, and they all die. Uh, and he built cities with his bare hands and uh, so he was a very powerful guy, probably, and yeah. that's why uh, there was there were probably legends and and gusans they were singing about him. He was like uh, maybe the Incredible Hulk, without the anger <laughs> problem. <Right. laughs> 
Uh, it, so one, one, I love this part of the story. I've always heard the story of he was really strong. He was he was pretty smart too, but he was very ugly. He apparently was a very ugly guy. You know, just just you know. And if you see statues of him, his nose is all smashed up. Like he looks like a fighter that's been in the ring too many times. Wrestler, as a wrestler. <laughs> you just told me tonight that maybe we have this wrong. Maybe. He's not ugly. Because Angev is the, is the folk interpretation of his name. Uh, because Angev, if you translate from Armenian, means you can translate it that somebody who is not beautiful. An is, is uh-huh. a, a negative uh, pronoun, and, and then uh, not a pronoun. And then Gev uh, means beauty. So right. somebody who did not have beauty. Right, right. Which, let's just stop for a second. Because when has an Armenian ever beat around a bush that much? <laughs> no one ever. No one's ever said, "Well, they're not really that smart." You know, there's always there was like that guy is just dumb. <laughs> this guy is ugly. You gotta look at this guy. No one's ever said he's not exactly pretty. I guess they might say it, but well, no, nobody was was looking at his. I think how beautiful he always beautiful. I think it was just how strong he was. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But Anger, actually, that's a wrong interpretation. It was folk interpretation. It was something people wanted to but to look at that way. But Anger was actually region, you know, in Armenia. Mm. And the Tork was actually a real person, Tork. And he was the governor. He was the head of that region. He was probably very strong and very powerful man. And, uh, and uh, so Tork... Anger means dork from Anger, from that ah. region, and not dork, non-beautiful. Right, right. <laughs> non-beautiful guy. <laughs> Do you know any, did you know any torques when you were growing up? Anyone named dork? No. Or I think everything stopped, stopped with him. That was, was the first and last dork that was ever. <laughs> after that, no one wanted to name their name after an ugly it's guy. Not a, it's not a common name, and it's not an easy name to pronounce, dork. Yeah. Because Armenian names are very easy. You like Vache? <laughs> uh, um, ta- well, Takawi is not too bad. Uh, Haransem. 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 Bardasar. Those are very easy, easy names. Uh, so Dork was difficult <laughs> compared to all these. That's, that's why there's a lot of Anis and Aras and Armens. <laughs> Anyway, so Dork was this uh, important figure of, of that time, important legend that Moses Hoynas is writing about. Yeah. Moses also writes about uh, these later gods, which are more Persian and Greek influenced. Um, Aramaz, Arahid, Vahagen, Mikher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you have sort of a triumvirate of gods. So again, that kind of three mm-hmm. um, trio. But Aramaz, who's the... The king of the gods the and the father god. of the gods, the main god. Uh, Anahit, who is the goddess mother. And then Vahagen. Uh, and later, Vahagen kind of gets replaced by Mihir, mm-hmm. who is a little bit more Persian influence, like Mithra. Mihir gets promoted. Yeah, Mihir gets promoted. Mihir promoted at some time. So, but Armas, they're yeah. not movable. <laughs> they, yeah. But I, one of the, I think, most interesting Armenian uh, myths and legends is about Vahagen. Yeah, the name even means somebody who has uh, fiery eyes, you know, uh, right? Yeah, and he had red hair. And he had red hair. Which is, 
you know, not uncommon for an Armenian, but yeah. kind of shocking when you see most Armenians. Yeah, well, there was that ideas. I don't know how true some some are discrediting that. Some 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 don't believe that that original Armenians kind of they had uh, they had blonde hair and uh, and and kind of a different than we know and blue eyes. And oh, <laughs> there is always that conversation once in a while you have. Yeah. With uh, with people, but Moses Hoynes describes Vahag's Vahag's birth. Do you want to read that song? There was yes. actually a song sang by the the Gusans, the Gusans, and then, then somebody and said, then someone oh. threw a shoe. <laughs> somebody <laughs> threw the world's oldest shoe out Stop the window at them. Singing. <laughs> so, but Moses Hoynes, you well, but somebody was here. I let me write this down because this is the last time. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to sing it, but I'll read it. I'll read it. No one wants you to know, sing it. You don't know the melody. You don't, don't know, know the melody. melody, how it was. But this is how it goes. In travail were heaven and earth. In travail, too, the purple sea. The travail held in the sea and the, the small red reed. Through the hollow of the stalk came forth smoke. Through the hollow of the stalk came forth flame. And out of the flame a youth ran. Fiery hair he had. Mm-hmm. I, too... He had flaming beard, and his eyes, they were like suns. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you read. I couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, anytime you look up anything about Bahagan, this is, this is basically takes up about half the whatever it is that you're looking at. And I just want to walk through this a little bit because... Imagine I'm, that person. You think about that person, how he will look. I wish... I, does this rhyme in Armenian? Is there a rhyme yeah. to this? Okay, so, it, so it's a little bit more of a... I remember some. Oh, okay. We would memorize that. Okay, in, that's... In, in, in Karapa, classical Armenian. You memorize it in Karapa. Yeah, that's, see, I that's, remember part of it. Not that's, that's a little bit more interesting because... Travail is a strange na- is a strange word I in the translation. I've never heard that before. Travail. Um, the purple sea is kind of an interesting thing because uh, who was it? Oh, the Odyssey always describes the sea as wine dark. Yeah. This is kind of like an ancient thing about the wine dark sea. Yeah, in Karapa it's a Tsovan Sidani. Tsovan Sidani was another. Sidani was usually the coat that the kings would put cover put on the shoulders and, oh, and purple Sidani cloak. was purple pu- pu- cloth too sometimes. Yeah. Oh, so it's open Sidani. That's what it says in classical. Sidani is this the same Sidani as so Sidani? Sidani has nothing Zar? to do with Sidani. Okay. It's got nothing to do with the Arab apricots? Yeah. Okay. It has nothing to do with apricots. Oh, okay. Uh, so the apricots are delicious. Apricots are delicious. <laughs> we should get some apricots for our next, <laughs> next podcast. Next podcast. So everything's kind of uh, uh, mixed up, mixed different up, colors, storm, and red yeah. and purple. And, and then out of this reed, apparently a reed just catches flame and then out jumps Vahagin. Mm-hmm. So he, he's he's pretty he's a pretty fiery fellow, which yeah. is which is important because his name, uh, his second name, Vahagin, his title is the Dragon Slayer. Right? Yeah. How do you say that in Armenian again? Not vi, not vishabakach. 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 Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Uh, I think there was a statue in Yerevan too when when uh, Vahagan is opening the mouth of a dragon. Yeah, one. and the dragon's wrapped around him. Wrapped fighting around, him. yeah. And he's so he who is he like? He's like the Armenian version of Thor, mm-hmm. or the thunder god, or of Hercules. I think it's great that he slays the dragons because. I had read that there were myths and legends that the dragons lived in, like Mount Ararat, and lived in the mountains. And there was, 
you know, these sort of stories of this. I think it was probably a way to keep the kids in at night. Yeah. Until the teenagers come back by 10 o'clock so the That's dragon wouldn't get in. That's an interesting story, interesting birth. I mean, you could yeah. describe an interesting well, event. Who's going who's gonna to slay the dragon in Mount Ararat? you got to have somebody born who's from the fire. born from the fire. Yeah. Which, Whose eyes are like sun. That's enough. Yeah, there That's we go. Having, a, having eyes like sun and, and having flaming beard. Yeah. My goodness. I, I mean, I think that all these dragon tails came from the, the uh, seismic activity in the mountains. <laughs> Little earthquake. What's that? Oh, it must be the dragon in Mount Ararat. Yeah. 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 And that's why there's no more earthquakes in Armenia. Vahagan killed all the dragons. <laughs> all the, yeah. So he's very similar to Hercules and all these uh, other figures, I think. And, and as you mentioned before, some of these characters, some of these figures are very Hellenic and very uh, Greek. Yeah. Kind of, uh, there's a lot of influence of yeah. the Hellenic culture on these figures. So they have, they have personality and they... They have a story. They have a story. They have get, you know, they get into some of the... They have hijinks. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell the straw stealers the hijinks? What the story of uh, the straw stealers way? Which I could tell that. that. So here's, <laughs> here's one of them about Vahagen. One winter it was really cold in Armenia. Huh? And uh, Vahagen says, don't worry, everybody, I got it. I got it covered. And he ran down to the richest city in the world, which was Babylon, and he stole a bunch of straw. Okay. Just piled a bunch of straw. And then as he was leaving, the guards woke up and started chasing him. So he bound over the mountains on his way back to Armenia, and he dropped some of the straw along the way as he went. And that straw is, became the Milky Way. Oh, yeah. And so in Armenia, Armenian, you call the Milky Way the straw stealer's way. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah, I remember now that story. That's good. Yeah, see, that that's, a good, that's a good story of here's, here's a god with eyes like the sun stealing the straw, and yet he's, you know, he's running, running away. away. From the guards. <laughs> but he happens to make the Milky Way. That's beautiful. Milky Way. Yeah, wow. that's a beautiful story. Do you I want to talk about that? You, do you forget about that one? I forgot about that story, yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about Vahagen's wife, Astrik? Well, um, Astrik was, uh, was a figure for beauty and for love and for, um, I think, for lovers. And she would actually punish all those people who were against couples or who were against love. And, uh, so he, she would actually punish them. <laughs> <laughs> so she was, uh, 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 she was protector of the youth and... Uh, and young people, and, and she was known for her beauty. Yeah. And everybody wanted to see her. <laughs> and everybody wanted to, uh, to see how she, she looked like. And there was a story, there was rumors that Asrik, she would take a bath in a part of Yeprates River. Yeprat River. Mm-hmm. It was part of the river that was surrounded by the mountains, and she would take a, take a bath in that, in that river. So the young boys, they would go and try to peek and, and see. And so Asrik found out about that and said, I need privacy here. <laughs> More privacy. And so, so she made the area be uh, uh, foggy, that area. There was a lot of fog around when she was, uh, uh, when she was uh, in that river that the young boys, they couldn't see her taking a, taking a bath. And, um, uh, so that was her bath. <laughs> that was that was, yeah. Uh, and they say now every time you see mist, mist in the mountains, 
That's Asik taking a yeah, bath. Taking a, yeah. <laughs> but also there was uh, Asik stories connected to the story of what we call today Vartavar. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Vartavar's uh, tradition of uh, spraying water on each other, right? Yeah. Uh, has pagan roots in it too, that tradition. Uh, and it goes to the to to Asik uh, to to her story and and that was her celebration. They would throw water on each other and it was had to do with all that ceremony and also it was a purification act, kind of purifying people. When you throw water, you be person becomes kind of clear and uh, <laughs> pure. Um, so um, Vartavar was connected Vartavar. with uh, with Asik and later with Christianization of Armenian, some of these feasts and dates. Uh, they coincided with the dates of, uh, of other Christian feasts, and there was the the purpose was to move people from those feasts to Christian feasts, and and, uh, and, and the same day we celebrate also celebrate Transfiguration. That's pretty good. What what's the date of Vartavar? This year, I believe, Trans Transfiguration. This year is uh, Jan July. 28 or 29, okay. something like that. It's usually the end of July. The end of ju- July, which is a good time to have a water fight. Yeah, a water fight, yeah. Even in Minnesota. If you have, if, even, have, in, even in Minnesota. You can have that. You can have that. <laughs> well, another... It's so story, yeah. That's Aztec's story. But another date, Navasar, which is mm-hmm. another, you know, Armenian celebration that has pagan roots. It's it's uh, the Armenian New Year, pagan Armenian New Year, August 11th. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Heist Day. Aramaz, then. Yeah, Aramaz. And Anahit, who is the protector, kind of protector goddess of Armenia, mother of Armenia. Mm-hmm. She was the daughter of Asti, or not Asti, she was the daughter of Aramaz. Aramaz. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she was the brother of Vahag. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was born in uh, maybe a less fiery way. <laughs> yeah. But she she kind of looked out after uh, over the Armenians and, and looked uh, looked out after them and and who was it Strabo said that uh, the Armenians really loved Anahit yeah. and that she was there were versions of Anahit in Persian the pantheon and and in the Mesopotamian pantheon but the Armenians really held her above right uh, unlike anybody else all these people they had different kind of reputation and different worship and emphasis and. In different regions of Armenia, Asik was loved in certain areas of Armenia. Bahagan was loved everywhere, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but Anahit, especially in in Yerzenga, in Zolk, and all these areas, I think they mentioned that uh, they loved her in those areas, especially. And and one of the mountains in Zolk region was called the the throne of Anahit, and there were pictures of her sitting on that mountain. Kind wow. Of, so, um, yeah, she that was her seat. She she was also on a stamp. One of her sculptures was, mm-hmm. and if you look at it, it reminds it reminded me of Greek sculpture of, mm-hmm. of goddesses. Is that the one that doesn't have a head on it, or it's only the body, uh, or is that Asik? Uh, no, I think it's just the it's just the head. Just the head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Asik. That there is one of uh, for Asik doesn't have the head. It's only only the body. Uh, monument. I think it was found in Ashtishad or in Artashad in, okay. in this in this town because you know there are temples in this town. Too. Yeah. The the only other thing I know about Anahit was that there was a Pliny wrote about Mark Antony's soldiers. They actually smashed an enormous statue of us of Anahit. 
Really? Uh, it was apparently made of solid gold, and they smashed it and tore it apart so they could kind of pay the troops. Oh, you know, here you go. Because yeah. the Romans, always looking for gold. They're always looking for wealth. Always looking for. Always thirsty for, for that. But probably it was also kind of to make Armenians upset because Anna you also loved by, yeah. by Armenians. And, uh, and that's why they mentioned that. Yeah. Otherwise they wouldn't mention if they just took, they took a lot of gold from the country. And, and Anahita, there are statues of Anahita when she's depicted kind of sitting on a throne. And, and there is a, because she was a symbol of motherhood too. And there is a, usually a baby next to her. And, uh, so there, there is also that parallels too. And, and that uh, idea of, of her being motherhood, for being a mother for, for Armenians. She was called, called the Golden Mother. Uh, mm. She was called, uh, uh, I, I think, many, many, many names of, uh, of being a mother, I think. Yeah. That's Anahit. Anahit. Uh, so later, we meet this guy named Miher. Bahagin kind of gets knocked out of the top three and... Miher ends up in the top three, um, and he's he's a pretty Persian god, from what we know. Miher you know, name is Persian too. Miher is yeah Persian. It's Mithras is what the Persians would call it, but Mithras is probably a Greek name for mm-hmm. the Persian. Uh, this is this is kind of like the god of light and the god of truth, uh, which is you know uh, a very good thing to be if you're a pagan god. But his month was February was dedicated to Miher. Uh, he was also the god of fire. So this is the, um, uh, his temple, oh, I lost my train of thought. Okay, so his month of February, which is when Turndes is, mm-hmm. and one of the elements of Turndes is jumping over the fire, jumping the bonfires. The fire, yeah. And this is actually, this had pagan roots in Probably, the, yeah. the uh, worship of Meher. Yeah. Um, which is a very Persian thing, this idea of fire being mm-hmm. purifying. Zoroastrian tradition. Zoroastrian, fire, worshiping yeah. Worshiping the fire. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but his temple is still there. Yep. It's the only temple. Right? It's, temple of Garmi. Yeah, it's the only pagan temple we have. And it was because it was the favorite of Turdot III. Yeah. His sister's, it was one of his sister's favorites, so she asked him to keep it there. That's a tradition. That's a tradition. <laughs> uh, they took any idol of it out, so we don't know what... Miher might have looked like we have no idea, but we do know that that temple was was his temple, and that yeah. temple's a Greek temple. Yeah. If you look at it, it's very Greek influenced. Yeah, and that next to that temple, they built a Christian temple too. Yeah, if you um, the Christian temple did not survive actually, the, uh, uh, but it, it it looks very similar to the Temple of Zabartnots. If you if if some of you probably. Uh, uh, Visit it or know or how the Temple of Zavartos look like. Very similar to that. So it would yeah. have been round. Yeah, and then and it, it would have been smaller, smaller, and smaller. Kind of three parts mm. to it. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's the story of uh, of Miher, Garni, Garni Temple. At Garni, yes. Now, how yeah. about we tell one of my favorite myths and legends about this isn't a god. But it's about, about Ara Kegetsik. Ara Ara the Beautiful. Ara the Beautiful. Yeah, and that's right. Not Ara the Handsome. Ara <laughs> the Beautiful. And Semiram is her Shamaram, the Queen of Assyria. Yes. We talk a lot about we talk a lot about Assyrians in this podcast. I feel. Yeah, we talked about a lot of uh, in the Warto podcast. Yeah. About, about Assyrians, but uh, 
Um, but Ara, he, uh, sometimes Ara is, uh, uh, there was a king Arame, right? Arame mm -hmm. or Aram, Arami or Aramu. There was the first king of Urartu, right? One yeah. of the first kings of Urartu. And, and very often, Ara is referred uh, as, uh, the, in the legend, Ara is, uh, they believe that it's the same person as Arame. Yeah. The king of uh, Urartu. Yeah, so this... The this name is similar, too. Name is similar. So this, this could be, or most likely is, a historical person. Mm -hmm. Semiramis, Shemiram, was a historical she queen. Yeah. yeah. She was supposed to be married to King Nimrod, mm -hmm. who founded Nineveh. Mm -hmm. And whether that's, you know, whether these dates line up or not, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But the story, the story goes, mm -hmm. out of the beautiful, mm -hmm. gets his name because he's a good-looking guy, he's a good-looking mm -hmm. king... And Semiramis had a lot of husbands, and she was looking for another husband. Yeah, so she, she had a hobby. <laughs> she had a hobby, you know. So she came up north to Armenia. I need she, a new husband. I need a new one. I don't know. This one's getting a little... I need a trophy husband. I need, so she had a hobby. <laughs> so, so she came to Armenia, and she, she basically asked him to marry her. And he said, nope. I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm already married and I'm Armenian and I love my kingdom. Yeah, I'm I, I need it. to talk to my parents and, and I need <laughs> to see if they, if they... Why don't you come with your parents and we sit down and we talk? There's a right way to do these things. <laughs> if you're going to do this, you got to come correct. And we need some time to get to the way. <laughs> just Amiyami said, what are you talking about? That's not how we do things in, in Assyria. Right. <laughs> you Armenians are weird. <laughs> she said, you guys are weird, so I'm going to send an army and the gum gets you back. That's how we do it. So we, we do it. Army. We send an army. We go to war. We go, if there is a disagreement, we go to war. We go to war. And she, she apparently gave explicit instructions. Kill everybody you want, but not out of the beautiful. Bring me, bring me Mr. Beautiful. Yeah, and she, and she showed them the picture. <laughs> Here, if you go to my friends, You'll oh. find out. Oh, this is how we look like. You can imagine that conversation. The generals go, well, how I know which one is Ara? And she'll go, he's the prettiest man on the battlefield. Just don't kill that one. He's the, he's the handsome guy. He's the handsome one. All of the Armenians are ugly. <laughs> That's what she didn't, she didn't realize. All the Armenians, all Armenians are handsome. You can't except give, for one. Except for one. It's poor Torque. <laughs> So don't kill the guy. Don't, don't kill the <laughs> He's guy. He's the only one. <laughs> we need him. We need him. So, and they kill him. <laughs> and they bring and they figure out who he is probably after they kill him and they bring him back to Semiramis and they uh, because the Syrians they had a habit of killing people. They have kill everybody. <laughs> and this is why the Armenians are always fighting them. But this is where I think this the, this story now has multiple versions. So what are the other? Versions? So the first version is first version I've heard is she has all of her priests and sorcerers come and try and right, raise Ara right. from the dead, and he doesn't come back from the dead. He's dead. And as a matter of fact, if you search out of the beautiful, you'll find you'll mm -hmm. find pictures online that are Semiram is weeping over the body of out of the beautiful mm -hmm. because because this is what she's done. Um, and there's probably some... Imagine what happened to the generals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, I told you. She probably got other generals. She said, I need you to go kill these generals. <laughs> probably they didn't last too long. Yeah. The, the other version is that 
she, her sorcerers can't do it, but she prays to an Armenian god, or she reaches out to an Armenian pagan god, the Arales. Now, the Arales isn't exactly a god, as we think. It, they're you know, just interesting creatures. Yeah, they're sort of like half divine animal, creatures. Half, yeah, divine yeah. creatures. And so it's, think of a giant dog mm-hmm. that comes down and licks the wounds of wounded heroes and, and it cure, it cures them, brings them back to life. Mm-hmm. And so the legend is that one story goes, she, she called the, on the RLS and the RLS brought Otto back to life mm-hmm. and they lived happily ever after. That's, that's clearly the, the that's Assyrian, Assyrian version, version of the yes. story. That's her version of that's the story. That's her version of the story. <laughs> but the Armenian story didn't change. Ara died. No, Ara died. Ara died. And it's, it's another uh, classic Armenian story of you know, fighting for the independence of Armenia and these invaders mm-hmm. come and, and, you know, unjustly right. kill and take what they want. Yeah. Um, During Soviet time, uh, one of the uh, writers of, I think it was Nairi Zarian, uh, he wrote a poem about this story, about this legend. Uh, and in that, in that like, he describes what happens and it's, it's very poetic and written in a beautiful way and manner. And, and, and when Shamidami said, you have to marry me and we have to get married... And Arakeretsik uh, says, I cannot betray my beautiful Navart, Nuart, because his wife, his wife's name, he was actually married. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. Or you. <laughs> so you, I said, well, I'm married. <laughs> I have a wife. I cannot just leave her and come, come and live with you. <laughs> so in, in, that, in that actually beautiful poem, beautiful uh, a book that uh, he wrote, and so he said, I cannot betray my beautiful wife, Navart. Huh. There's also a, a ver, uh, an episode in the Epic of Gilgamesh that's similar to this. Mm-hmm. The goddess Ishtar sees Gilgamesh, and he's a handsome right. fellow, and she says, Hey, uh, why don't you come uh, be my lover? And Gilgamesh says, ah, I don't think so, because mm-hmm. you're going to get bored with me, and then what's, what's going to happen with me? And she gets so mad, she sends the bull of heaven after him to try and kill him, basically. And he ends up killing the bull of heaven. What's up with this one? Yeah, he's, you know, what, what are you doing? She complained to her dad so much that he's like, fine, take the bull of heaven. Doing, yeah. Go after Gilgamesh. And then he said, and then he <laughs> So, um, But this, but yeah, so the Arles, I had heard it was Armenian, but you were mentioning earlier that it might be Assyrian. Well, I... Probably, um, my recollection of this story was that uh, Arales, they were these Assyrian creatures that were uh, um, uh, half animal, half kind of this strong or powerful. They had some power to bring people back to life. Yeah. Bring soldiers and dead people back to life. Of course, yeah. the legend. And, and, um, and maybe Armenians, they shared them too, or... Or um, an Assyrians, and obviously Shamirami, she used them. Yeah. Well, if you, it kind of makes sense if you look up Lamassu, L A M A S S U, those are these Assyrian, uh, kind of like griffins. They're mm-hmm. half cow with the heads of humans and the wings of birds. Right. And they were supposed to be protector spirits, and they use them as gates on mm-hmm. all their palaces. Right. They're really interesting looking things, but yeah, I could see they... Times were different back then, and the times of these legendary 
creatures, legendary people. Yeah. We talked about Dork, Dorkan Gekh being this strong and powerful man and how he, he became a legendary kind of demigod. And, uh, and, and then we talked about Hyke. And we forgot to mention that Dork actually was a grandson right. of, of Hyke. Yeah. That's important, I think, think fact to mention that Dork was actually a real person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was a grandson of Hyke. Yeah, so times were, uh, uh, these are times of these l legendary creatures, of these uh, monsters sometimes. And, uh, and, but it's good that uh, Moses Hoyanazi preserved some of these stories. And story of Harak, uh, the beautiful, that's how we know about this story. Yeah, it's it's really it. I mean, the RLS is a really interesting uh, kind of creature, but we we have no other stories of them, mm -hmm. you know. And it's really great that we have most of the core Nazis' work because that's the only place we have yeah. most of these things. Yeah. Um, so what what is this? What do what do you like about legends, or what does the mythology kind of mean to you? I I think it's. Uh, um, it's it's interesting sometimes some of the parallels between you know spring and new life and new beginning that people had those ideas and then uh, some of the ideas that uh, we can compare with Christianity today and that there were some ideas already in, uh, in in people's minds back then about new beginning and new life and resurrection and all of that and. Um, and of course, that didn't happen until 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 Christ was re resurrected. So, our, according to our tradition, didn't come back to <laughs> come back to life. But uh, but I think these stories are interesting, and and they are part of uh, who we are as people. They are part of our formation. They are part of our uh, ancient history as Armenian people. And and uh, and I think some of them they are inspiring their power, and 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 most of them they use their power to protect the people. Whatever power they had, you know, Dork and, and Hike, or they had, they used their power, their strength to protect the people, to protect the villagers. You know, Tork Bahagan, he killed the dragon because he was bothering people, so he, he killed him. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's inspiring stories. What does it mean to you? Uh, you have done a lot of research about Tork. I've, I've talked a lot of, yeah, I've talked you, you a lot talk about, about this. You, you talked uh, about. This uh, our festival, to Armenian festival. I believe you had a presentation for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I, every world culture has mythology, and so it's a point of pride that we have our own mythology. And I like to see how it's related to the others. To the you know, we take some little bit from the Persians here, a little bit from the Greeks there, but we still have these things like Torque, uh, like Vahagen in some ways. Some of the stories of Vahagen that are very Armenian, mm -hmm. out of the beautiful, very Armenian, still, you know. So when you, if you were to talk about, you know, you were telling stories with other cultures about, well, tell us your mythology, we would have stories, unique stories to tell. Right. Um, and I think that that's really interesting uh, and important. Um, and I also find it interesting to see how there's still these sort of, remnants left over in, you know, kind of the Armenian year in a way. Vartavar, Turndez, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, the Feast of the Transfiguration. These things kind of, in Navasard, these kind of old things, even though they've long gone, 
you know, we don't talk about these as, as actual right. gods anymore. But it's still kind of there um, in, in the culture a little bit. It's right. like the, the, the wedding dance, the Tamzara. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember reading that the Tamzara actually is the Armenian word for Tammuz, who is the Mesopotamian fertility god. Mm. Which makes sense that you would do that dance at the wedding. I don't think right. anybody, no one clearly knows, well, that, makes, that, makes that connection or thinks of it that way. But, you know, again, we're an ancient people, and here's one of the examples of something that's ancient that still lives on today. Right. Amazing. Well, if our readers, if you, if our, not readers, if our listeners, if you have any <laughs> other stories you want to share with us, yeah, I think we would love to hear your stories of all these legends and myths and uh, uh, narratives. And so, if you have anything to share, we we would love that. And yeah, just a reminder again to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, join us on Facebook, and uh, if if you have. Um, if any now there's a lot of art out there if there's any artists out there that do art about any of these myths or things please share it with with us on the Facebook page we'd love to see that thank you for listening thank you thanks for listening please like and subscribe